0: Okay, well, has anybody been uh, awakened sometime during the night with any uh, aftershocks? (laughs) You know, it used to be like snoring that would do that, but we've entered into a different era now. Aftershocks, you're there and you're thinking, how long is it going to go? then the nice thing is that you can get right back to sleep quickly. I mean, you just just go right back to sleep. (laughs) No? (laughs) Yeah, I I understand. It does lead us to praying more, so I am praying more. My message is do not be afraid. I talked about earthquakes last week. I'm not going to talk about earthquakes again, okay? But do not be afraid. We're going to look at a a situation where – Jesus corrected his disciples for being afraid. Now, in all honesty, I would have been afraid in the situation they were in. Yeah. I would have been afraid too. <clears throat> but we're going to walk through it and just see some things here that um, it, it focuses on what Jesus is wanting to do in our lives. So the text is Ma- excuse me Mark chapter four, and verses 35 through 40. And it says... rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Well, I mean, I know why they were afraid. But Jesus is saying, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? So, Lord, as we go through your word today, I ask that you will by your Holy Spirit, who is the teacher, that you will show your people the things you want them to see today. And Lord, we have open minds, we have open hearts to receive, and not only receive, but also put into practice the things that you have for us. And we thank you for all of this. Jesus, in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, I've spoken on this text before. I, I just really like this text. You know? I mean, I just, I just see the disciples. They're so human. And I see Jesus, who is just so God <laughs> you know, in, in all of this. But the first point I want us to see is that Jesus wants to take us to new places. Amen. He doesn't want us to stay in the same place. So he said, uh, it says in verse 35 of our text, that day when evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's go over to the other side. Jesus wants to take us to new places. He wants to take condemned people to the other side where they're declared righteous. He wants to do that. And I, I've, I've got to share these passages, John three sixteen and 17. They're so familiar. For God so loved the world That he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. Jesus didn't come to condemn. Jesus didn't come to judge. The world was already condemned. Jesus came into a condemned world that was already under the judgment of God because of all of the sin... To take them to another place where they were no longer under judgment, but they were under God's righteousness and blessing. He came to save the world. There's a passage in Colossians that I really like. It it, it sums it up between without Jesus and with Jesus. Colossians 2, 13 and 14. You were dead. Literally. Spiritually dead. Dead. You were dead because of your sins and because your sinful nature was not yet cut away. You were a sinful person with a sinful nature, separated from God because of your sin, spiritually dead. Then God made you alive with Christ. Death to life. Jesus wants to take people to a new place (laughs) from death to life. He forgave all our sins. He canceled the record that contained the charges against us. He took it and destroyed it by nailing it to Christ's cross. All the things that accused us of everything we really had done was nailed to the cross, taken out of the way. Scripture goes on to say that that the principalities and powers were disarmed because they could no longer accuse us of things because they were nailed to the cross, out of the way. Jesus wants to take us to new places. We're praying for people who, who they need Jesus. We're praying for them. But let's look at those who've already received Jesus. Jesus wants to take them to new places too. Would you agree? Life with God was never meant to be just kind of the same old, same old. There's new places, there's new things. He wants to take wounded and hurting people to places of healing. When somebody receives Christ into their heart, they're forgiven. They're righteous. They're, you know, God sees them as, as his, like his son. But they come in with hurts and wounds that do need to be healed, right? You know what? Jesus wants to take them from the hurting place and the wounded place to a place of healing. And that's a process. But he wants to do that. He uh, spoke in a synagogue one time, and he took this passage from Isaiah... And he read it, and then when he was done, he said, it's fulfilled today. This passage is talking about me. And Let's look at it in Luke 4, verse 18. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel, the good news to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind. To set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Oh. Jesus wants to take us to good places in Him. There's other things He wants to uh, take us to. He wants us to He wants to take us, let's say, Christians, He wants to take Christians from living this life according to our feelings to a place of where we're living this life according to faith faith in him. He wants to do that with everybody. Oh, you got to love this next one. Okay. Tell me that you like me. Okay, now I'm going to read this next one. He wants to take each one of his children, every one of his children, from being consumer Christians to becoming serving Christians. Do you believe that? He wants to take every single one of his children from that place of being a consumer. What's a consumer Christian? A consumer Christian, and a lot of people start that way in their Christian walk. They start that way. It's where, uh, you know, if you start going to church, it's what can the church do for me? Do they have good worship? Do they have a pastor that doesn't put you to sleep? What do they have for my kids? What do they have for my youth? What do they have for, that's the consumer Christian. But God wants to take them to a new place where the focus isn't on what do you have for me. It becomes a focus of what can I give? Serving. Yes, we have children's ministries. Can I help serve there? Can I help be a part of that? Yes, we have. So Jesus wants to take us to new places all the time you still like me all right all right I hope that wasn't by faith (laughs) now he isn't sending us off in a boat to new places okay Jesus isn't on the shore pushing us pushing the boat off and saying "Uh, see you later hope you make it call me when you get there that's not That's not what we're talking about here. Where is Jesus when we're in this boat? He's in the boat with us. When he wants to take us to new places, he isn't sending us to new places. He's in the boat with us, and we together are going to new places. And listen, my message is don't be afraid. Don't be afraid when Jesus says, you've been here long enough. Let's go somewhere new. And I'm not talking about physical location. I'm talking about our walk with God. You've been here long enough, but now let's, let's grow and let's mature and let's, let's do this now. That's what he wants us to do. He's always doing that. Um, the second point, very important also is Jesus wants to take us to new places, but he also wants us to leave some things behind. Okay, and look at our text. That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let's go over to the other side. Verse 36, leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. The New Living Translation says this, he was already in the boat, so they started out leaving the crowds behind. You know, in our walk with Jesus, man, he, he accepts us as we are, right? You don't become good enough to be a Christian. Right. I mean, that, that just isn't possible. God accepts us as we are. And then we're on this journey with the Lord, with Jesus. And there comes points along that journey where he says, okay, we're going to new places, but it's time to leave this behind. Do you know what I'm talking about? Okay, I'm going to get kind of personal and share some things as, as, as when I was a new Christian. So I was 18 when I became a Christian, and I was so glad to be forgiven. I was so thankful that God was my father now. You know, I, I, I it was awesome. It was awesome that fear of death was gone. It was cool. I was with my friends, we were driving, you know, drinking our beer in the car. I was underage, but that, you know, I'd always whatever but I'm a Christian, I'm so glad that Jesus is in my heart you know, my friends are drinking, I wasn't driving but my friend who was driving was drinking too and we're just drinking and the Lord spoke to me now it's kind of interesting because it's not like I would hear God's voice all the time, but yet I'm a new Christian and I knew it was the Lord speaking to me I just knew it, so I'm I'm sitting in the car with a beer can in my hand And the Lord said, you can finish this one, but it will be the last one. I knew it was him. And I thought, okay, so I finished that one. And that was the last one. It's like the Lord was saying, Mike, we're going to new places, but you need to leave this behind. You need to leave this behind. He he wanted me to leave behind the drinking culture. I mean, my friends, they all drank. That's all I knew. But but he was saying, no, we're going to new places now. Mike, you don't need to get intoxicated anymore. You don't need to do that. You have me now. And I thought, fine, you know? So I wasn't like an alcoholic or anything. I was just a teenager that did what teenagers do. And I just thought, pfft. Not a problem. Left it behind. Move on with Jesus. There were some other things that were a lot harder for me to leave behind because they had become bondages in my life. And I'm going to mention one that's not really, you know, it's a little tough to mention, but I had been in pornography since I was in junior high. Okay, I found it in my home. My dad was addicted to pornography, and I found his stuff when I was young, and so I had been in pornography since junior high, and now I've become a Christian, and it's like I, I want to leave it behind, but it had such a hold on my life, and so you know I knew the Lord wanted me to just you know move on and let that thing go, and so I would say, okay, God, I'm, I'm I'm not going to do that anymore, and I'd go for a while, and I'd fail. And I'd look at stuff. And then, okay, God, I'm sorry. You know, this time I mean it. And I'd go for a while and I would fail. And it, it was rough. I got to the point where I thought God was just kind of, you know, done with me because I couldn't seem to overcome this addiction. But the Lord showed me again, He still loved me. I've shared that story before. And we don't, uh, service has already been long, so I'm not going to make it any longer. But, but He showed me, Mike. I'm with you. And I will help you. I will forgive you and you will get up and we will move on again and you will overcome this. And you know what? He's faithful. He's faithful. He didn't just say, Mike, you need to leave that behind. He said, Mike, you got to understand I love you. I will forgive you. I know this is a struggle. I know it grieves you even when you do it. And I will help you. And you know what? I got free from that. It, it, was, it was like a compulsion to look at this stuff. You know and God? He got me free from that. I still have to be very careful today. Becoming a pastor does not mean there's no temptations anymore, okay? I, I have to be careful today. But I'm just saying, when Jesus says, Mike, we're going to new places, but there's some things you need to leave behind, he helps you leave them behind. He's our savior. Start to finish, he's our savior. Jesus asked me to leave behind some old habits and some bondages, and he helped me. Is Jesus asking you to leave behind some things? Is there been, are, are there some things that he's been he's been tugging on your heart and saying it's time to let this go and let's move on let's go to some new places he'll help you but today if the Lord is speaking to you about any areas don't be afraid of I don't know if I can do it uh, well I'm going to fail no, don't, don't do that don't be afraid just say yes Jesus, with your help, I will leave that behind and we will go on to a new place. Okay, today, today may be that day. Colossians 3, verse 9 and following kind of summarizes this, this walking this new life in Jesus. Verse 9 says this, don't lie to each other. You've got Jesus in your life, you're forgiven, you're cleansed, you're a son and daughter of God. Now, stop lying to each other, for you've stripped off your old evil nature. That's not who you are anymore, and all its wicked desires, or wicked deeds. In its place, you have clothed yourselves with a brand new nature that is continually being renewed as you learn more and more about Christ who created this new nature in you. You are a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things are passed away. All things are made new. Verse 11, in this new life, it doesn't matter if you're a Jew or a Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free. Christ is all that matters. And he lives in all of us. So we have this new life, and all that really matters is that Jesus is in us, and he enables us, and he helps us. I'm sure in this room there are people who are struggling with bondage. And you've asked God to forgive you and said you wouldn't do it anymore, and you fell. And you've asked God to forgive you and said you wouldn't do it anymore, and you fell. And I'm sure in this room we have people in that situation. Let me just say this. Jesus has not given up on you. He is committed. He is committed. He died for you, and he is committed to walk with you and bring you into an overcoming place in your life. But you will have to be very dependent upon him because you're not going to do this in your own strength. He will be your strength. Well, let me go to one more thing while I'm messing with people. Maybe there's some relationships that need to be left behind. I'm not talking to any married couples, okay? <laughs> that's not what I'm saying, okay? But when I became a Christian, you know, all of my friends were non Christians. And I, you know, I liked my friends, they liked me. You know, I mean, but it got to where I couldn't hang with them like I used to because the things that were going on were things that I didn't want to get back into again. So it wasn't like I ditched my friends, but it was just, I I, I just can't be in some of those same places anymore. And some of my friends didn't really want me around that much anymore either because when they were doing their stuff, I wasn't. And it kind of bothered them a little bit. you know. So I wasn't like ditching my friends, but God did kind of, There were – some relationships just needed to be kind of severed. Not every one of them, but some of them did. And then God brought me into uh, a whole – a bunch of kids got saved about the time I did from different areas. And we all ended up getting to know one another. It was awesome. We all had motorcycles. We go on motorcycle rides together. It was awesome. But anyway, in your life, if there's a relationship that is very detrimental – to you walking with Jesus listen to what he's saying okay I mean these are big things here I'm not, but, but still you know he doesn't want you stumbling and falling back into stuff he wants you to be free Jesus wants to take us to new places don't be afraid of that don't be afraid to be stretched Jesus wants us to leave some things behind don't be afraid of failing just do it ask him to help he'll help you He's committed. Number three, don't be afraid of the storms. Verse 37 A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. You ever been in a situation like that? That's a scary situation. You know, the water looks a lot bigger. And land looks a lot further away when you're in situations like that. It's kind of scary. But being in the boat with Jesus doesn't mean there aren't going to be any storms. Man, you can be in the perfect will of God, close to Jesus, growing in Him, and still be in storms. You know? Storms, they happened on the Sea of Galilee. Let me read this. It was kind of written in older language out of a commentary. To such sudden squalls, the Sea of Galilee is very liable from its position in a deep basin, skirted on the east by lofty mountain ranges. While on the west, the hills are intersected by narrow gorges through which the wind sweeps across the lake and raises its waters with great rapidity into a storm. Basically, the geography around the lake made it so storms could come up really quick. There were storms on the Sea of Galilee. There's going to be storms in our lives. There just will be. Storms happen. There can be relationship storms. Those are probably some of the biggest <laughs> relationship storms. Lori and I have been married for 32 years? 33 years. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I don't even know what to say right now. <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs> We'll talk later. (laughs) Thirty-three. There, there are others in this room. You've been married longer than that. So, have there been any relationship storms over those years? (laughs) Now, don't don't shake your head. Yes, too violently. Okay, but they're going to happen. Okay, there's going to be relationship storms in this life. But you can weather the storm. You can make it through. Let me tell you, if Jesus is in the boat, and this next point is really important, if Jesus is in the boat and he's the Lord of the boat, you're going to make it through. When he stops being the Lord of the boat, it gets rough then, you know. But but when he's really in charge, you know what? Jesus is so for your relationship that if we will submit to him He's going to take us through stuff, and in in all of it, we're going to get closer to him, and we're going to get closer to our spouse. But we might have to let some things go. The unforgiveness, the bitterness, wanting them to change to be more like blah, 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 whatever. You've got to let that go. Storms happen in people's lives. There can be storms that happen on the inside. Inner turmoil. Anybody experience any inner turmoil? Everyone around you, they may not know what's going on, but there is a storm on the inside. Usually they're not short storms. Usually they're long. But you know what? When Jesus is in the boat, you're going to make it. There was a passage I wanted to share, it, 1 Peter 5, 6, and 7. It says, humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand. God, my life is yours. You direct it. I'm not going to tell you what to do. I, I humble myself before you. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. In the process of all of that, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Listen, we're not going through life with a God who's just watching to see how we do. He cares for you. And that person that you're mad at, wrap your mind around this. That person that you're mad at, God cares for them too. Well, that doesn't seem right. Well, he he does. He does. Let's move on. There can be financial storms. I'm not going to try to list every kind of storm, but I'm just saying in this life there will be storms. But Jesus said, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. We're going to the other side. Financial storms, they can happen. But let me just say this. Tithers have a promise from God. Being a Christian does not mean you have a promise from God for financial prosperity. But tithers and givers have promises from God that he'll take care of them. I mean, there as you... The measure that you use is the measure that comes back to you. I mean, that's a promise. So if you give a tiny bit into the kingdom of God, then God says, I see that. And I'm going to give you some blessing too. <laughs> and when you just shovel it in, God sees, oh, and he just dumps it. I mean, there's, there's principles there. Malachi 3.10, this was written to the nation of Israel, but I'm going to apply it to us. Uh, God said, you guys are robbing me. You know, and they said, well, how are we robbing God? And they said, well, you're not, you're not bringing the tithes to my house any longer. You're keeping it. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse so that there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord Almighty, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great that you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Let me prove it to you. Your crops will be abundant, for I'll guard them from insects and disease. Your grapes will not shrivel before they're ripe, says the Lord Almighty. And then he starts talking about the nation itself. And I know this applies to the nation of Israel. But I, when I understood tithing at, uh, when I was a Christian, probably, I don't know, maybe I've been a Christian for about a year before I really understood what tithing was. But I, I just did it. you know. And Lori and I have done it our whole lives. God is faithful. There's been times of abundance. There's been times of leanness. But, but God has always taken care of everything. He's faithful. If there's a financial storm, make sure you're a tither. Make sure you're a giver. That's important. God will get you through that. Well, what was Jesus doing during the storm? What was he doing? Sleeping. Kind of like some of you guys in church. (laughs) Some of you must stay up so late on Saturday night. Because it couldn't be because I'm boring. And that's not even not even going to contemplate that. Jesus was tired from teaching all day. He'd been in that boat all day teaching. And then they just took off and he was in the he's still in the boat. And he said, I need some rest. And he falls asleep on this pillow. But it was more than just being tired. Jesus had such confidence in the faithfulness of his Father that he could rest during the storm. It's like, God doesn't need my help. I can rest, and then I'll do whatever he shows me to do. I want to encourage you. Your Father in heaven is so faithful that you can rest during the storm too. And let me ask you this. Has all the worry and all the fear and all the anxiety helped anything? <laughs> it makes it worse. It magnifies everything. Jesus says, yeah, there's a storm. But the rest is good. Sleep, you know, resting, resting. Rest. All right. Jesus' words, they're not on the screen. Peace I leave with you. This is before he went back to heaven. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give it as the world gives. In the world, circumstances have to line up for you to have peace. If they don't line up, you don't have peace. Jesus said, my peace is not like that. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You know, I heard, I heard some stories this week of things that have happened in people's lives. You know, uh, stuff stolen and, and different things. And it's like, you know what? God is bigger. God is bigger. He cares. But the disciples, what were they thinking when they saw Jesus sleeping? They thought that Jesus didn't care whether they lived or not. Okay, it says... Jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? It's it's easy to start doubting during the storm. You know, God, don't you care? Don't you know what's going on? But don't go there. Don't go there. Remember, Jesus is greater, Jesus is bigger. Whatever the storm is, Jesus is bigger. So let's just get to the end of this thing. Verse 39 Jesus got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. And he said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? Jesus is greater than the storm. He wants us to learn to trust him in the storm. Let me ask you a question, and you can raise your hand for this because it'll be in general. How many of you would say, I'm in a storm right now? All right. Storms happen. But Jesus, he's in the boat with us, and he wants us to learn to trust him. Not after the storm. He wants us to learn to trust him during the storm. He wants us to learn to give praise and thanks during the storm. If we only thanked him after the storm, there'd be a lot of days that we weren't thanking him. You know, we need to thank him during the storm. Let's look at one other thing. I like the fact that Jesus spoke to the wind and waves, you know the authority that he had. He was in submission to the Father, and he had the Father's authority, and he spoke. Do you know that Jesus really wants us to learn to speak to things too? He, he really does. He, he did this, and basically he's saying, you can do this too. So I want us to look at this passage in Mark chapter 11. Starting with verse 22. Jesus is speaking and he said, Have faith in God. Jesus answered, I tell you the truth. If anyone says to this mountain, Go, throw yourself into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will happen, it will be done for him. Whose words are those? Okay. Okay. So if you're thinking that is just so wild, you have to take that up with Jesus. Okay, it's not your pastor. <laughs> I think that mountains are like problems, things that are there, are blocking. They're in the way of what God wants to do. Jesus said, speak to them. Command them to be plucked up and cast into the sea. Now I don't know what the sea part means. I I, I don't really I don't get all of that necessarily. But there are some times when we're in the boat with Jesus and he's going to say, I want you to speak to this thing. You've been praying to me and you've been asking me for help, but I want you to speak to it, too. You know, whatever in the name of Jesus, you're not going to be controlling and you're not going to be in charge of my life. And I just command you to be gone in Jesus name. The rest of that verse says this. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you've received it and it will be yours. Again, that's the words of Jesus. Let's just try it. Let's just do it. All right. Final point. Shortest one of the whole message. Point four. We will make it to the other side. We will. Because they did. You know what was on the other side? Land. <laughs> Very good answer. Land. <laughs> I like that, but that's not what I was looking for. (laughs) Do you know what was on the other side? A demon-possessed person. Well, that's where I want to (laughs) go. No, now listen. That person needed to be set free. Jesus said, I'm over here teaching, but we're not going to stay over here just teaching people. We're going to the other side. There's a guy over there that is in such bondage. I mean, bondage that you can't even believe. And we're going to go set them free. Went to the other side, set them free. I tell you what, this journey with Jesus, you don't know what comes along the way, but you know it leads to freedom. Whether it's yours or somebody else's, it leads to freedom. Because that's what Jesus does. He sets people free. Aren't you glad to know Jesus? man aren't you glad to know one another yeah hey good that was almost as good as the one about Jesus that was all right. I like that well we're going to close the service worship team if you'd come on up please so we're going to we're just going to finish with praise but if you would like to come forward the altar is open the the things that I talked about we can go well no we don't want to go to the last one because you're getting ready for the words but you know what If the Lord is saying, it's time to move, then if he's speaking to your heart and saying, you know, I want you to move from here to here. I want you to move from being a consumer Christian to one who's serving other people. That's the way you're thinking. I want you to move, whatever. If he's speaking to your heart about it, the altars are open today. You can talk with Jesus about that. If he's saying, I want you to leave some stuff behind. You keep trying to drag it along with us but it needs to just stay behind and if the Lord is speaking to you about that the altar's open come on up if you're in a storm and you want to come up here today and say God you're in this boat with me and you're bigger than this storm and I'm not going to let it run my life or ruin my life and you want to make some proclamations with the Lord Jesus today come on up Come on up and do it. Altars stand together. Worship team will lead us. And we're just going to meet with Jesus and take care of anything that needs to be taken care of. If there's anything that you need prayer for